hey, a big welcome for joining this podcast where we are going back to the apostolic and prophetic foundations of scripture as we are being built to be God's temple. Hello, I'm Isaac Mwema and here it's all about building each other up in the faith so that we may be a priestly and a holy people pursuing God's presence, being changed by his presence and influencing others to be changed by the same presence. Welcome. What are the most possible uh, cases of loss and grief that you have experienced? Uh, These are general categories that I'm listing, even though the experiences are very diverse and unique to each and every one of us. Could it be the loss of a child, a spouse, a relative, a dear friend, Or could it be that either of those loved ones have gone missing for a number of years and you don't even know whether they are dead or they are alive? Could it be death due to violence, ignorance of relevant authorities, unexplained events at a hospital, or just a rare disease that comes out of nowhere and sweeps someone or a group of people away? Could it be the death of a of an infant, a toddler, a miscarriage, or a premature death of a youthful and healthy person? Could it be death due to old age or unexplained loss of property through injustice and calamity? Let's be honest. Seasons of mourning have a way of sucking the soul out of you. They drain you emotionally, psychologically, and even physically. They come when we least least expect them, and they just interrupt our lives as we had planned. So for some, they get shattered immediately. Others, it takes them time to come to the reality that they will never see that person again, ever. While also some people just don't know how or what to feel during these moments because of the shock and confusion. So such seasons are very confrontational to us. They have the capability to step deep, thoughts and emotions that we question the sovereignty of God and eventually we question his existence. The outcome of such seasons play a huge role in our life moving on forward. Even though we will never 100% recover from the loss, many have come out more alive and determined to live a life that their diseased would be proud of, accepting God's will and embracing the future while others can't make sense of life moving on forward. So today, we want to discuss openly of this process with an aim to come out of such trying times more assured of God and his plans for us, for that is what the longest book on suffering in scripture is all about, and that is the book of Job. The next question, I think it was, it's leaning more towards what Malmark was talking about. How can we worship during such seasons of loss? You know, she has talked about idolizing our pain and being too much in there and being in self-pity and just holding on to that pain so much, even though there's a time for embracing the grief, but we never let it go away. We just want to hold on to it because maybe we enjoy the sympathy that comes from people and you might not know. Maybe you enjoy that comfort. Uh, Maybe you are victimizing yourself 
all the time. And how can we just move from there to saying that God is bigger, is better, and that there's a plan for me, his plans are good, and that he's my father. Just like Job said in, in, in Job chapter 1, verse 20 to 22, that naked I came from my mother's womb, naked I will return. You know, the Lord gives, he takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord. He's recognizing that, look, I've been confronted by all manner of news. My, sheep, my, my livestock is being stolen, my children are dying. Everything is just coming in hot and fast. I don't even have the time to process it. But I recognize that God is greater than all of this. And that he has a purpose for me. He created me for a reason and I will bless his name. So how can we worship during such seasons? Second um, Corinthians chapter 4 verse 8. Mm-hmm. It says, again from the, from the Passion Translation, it says, we, though we experience every kind of pressure, we are not crushed. Mm-hmm. At times we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. We are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but not out. We continually share in the death of Jesus in our own bodies so that the resurrection life of Jesus will be revealed through our humanity. So every time we go through whatever it is we're going through, again, it takes that relationship with God to understand that Jesus is revealing himself through us. You know, at the beginning of Job, we've been talking about Job a lot in this session, and God clearly said to Satan, have you seen my servant Job? God was boasting to Satan about the think about it. In your current situation or in your time of grief or even in your good time, when things are good for you, when everything is okay, can God look at you and say, have you seen my servant? You know, Job clearly had a relationship with God. Mm. If you don't have that, you won't be able to watch him go through that season. Um, And that's why I talked about David encouraging himself in the Lord, because he had a relationship with God. He had no one, nothing. Do you have God? So... If you don't have that, there's only so much anyone can really do for you. Because I told people, I said, you know, you could have, you could even have your father and your mom and everything could be perfect. There are times when, um, my, okay, my mom is alive. She has good intentions. She wants to help me. But then I'm, I'm going through a phase where even with the love she has for me, she may not be able to come through for me. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. she may be willing to do all of it. Um, but she may not have the capacity to. Maybe it's a pain I'm feeling. She can't feel that pain for me, no matter how much she loves me. You may be in a relationship with someone, 
and you're going through a time where this person imagine if, if it's even in a marriage relationship and you guys are one two have now become one and you're going through this thing and you're like oh my god like my partner should definitely know how i'm feeling but guess what your partner would not always know how you're feeling the only person who can truly understand what you're going through is jesus christ because guess what he's felt the pain as well i mean he's he's hundred percent he was hundred percent man and he's hundred percent god you know so he would understand the pain you're in if you don't have that relationship with jesus christ you will keep looking for other people to fill that void you keep looking to someone else's mom or someone else's dad to money to alcohol, to, I don't know what, other vices to fill up that void. But until Jesus truly fills it in, no one else can. So the only way we can embrace worship and seasons of grief and worship through it is truly having a relationship. And I know we've been talking about it and it seems, you know, like, oh, this thing is just talk, but it's true. We've been here for long enough to know that at the end of the day, this is the only thing that matters. And I hope that someone who is listening um, truly embraces that relationship that we've been talking about. Amen. Okay. Man, Mark, you have something to add? Um, let me just say this. You can correct me. I hope that someone who is listening gets something. Um, I believe that the way that we can worship in, in seasons of grief is looking to Jesus. And like Colin actually said, that if you if you have a relationship with God, it's easier for you to look to Him. That He's your vision. That you continue to look up to Him. Like you are saying. About when Jesus was at Gethsemane, money, right? I hope I pronounced it well. When he was going through that season, that whole time, right? You remember that he still looked to the Father. He still said, "Not, not, you know." I wish he he wished for the cup to be taken away from him, but not his will, but his Father's will. Whatever happened to him, he would still look up to God. So I believe that that's a, that's a way that you could, you know, sort of remain sane in that time of grief and, and, and be able to worship just continuously looking to Jesus, to, to, to Jesus yeah, focusing on Jesus. Okay. Bringing as much as you can to, like we're saying, be around the body. That's the community, right? That's, that is, that's his body. Okay. And I like how Pauline said in the pre- answering the previous question, call, you know, if you, if you find someone who is still mourning, call them, pray for them, say a word of prayer, take them out. You don't necessarily have to talk, but, you know, just be there. Your presence is so important. And so, yeah, I, I, I believe worship can be achieved by looking to Jesus. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. My final question, and then I'll leave it to any one of you if you have anything more to add before we pray. 
This entails step parenthood. Uh, Malmak can speak about it, but also Pauline, out of your own experience from counseling others. Um, Jesus was known as the capital's son. Uh, you can imagine Joseph was not his biological father and that he had to accept him as his son um, given that God had to divinely intervene and tell him that you have to marry this lady that was pregnant just uh, I think it was even at the eve of their wedding or if I'm not wrong they were close to getting married and you know she just conceives out of nowhere and uh, you have to accept this son and raise them up and that's exactly what he did, so much so that Jesus grew to be known as the carpenter's son. So step parenthood is challenging, um, but I want us to speak it, to, to look at it from the perspective of you as a person who has lost a parent, and then another parent has come into the picture who is a parent. What are some of the challenges of going through that? Um, thank you for that example of Jesus. <laughs> that is such a good example. And I'd like to share from my personal experience. And I just, one of the things that have been challenging is expectations. <laughs> um, we all, we both, it, it feels like on two sides. It, it, on my end, I feel like, oh, this is my this is my mother you know she should take the place of my mother right mm -hmm. and she on her end also has very high expectations right because now um let me say this um when my, when my dad remarried we were grown so we are not children <laughs> anymore mm -hmm. so i'm sure she the the parent on their own also has expectations towards you as much as you also have expectations towards them. And I'm sure that is very challenging because it's not easy to adjust or adapt to an already existing life, mm -hmm. family life. Because she came and there was already three of us, my sister, me, myself, and dad, you know. So mm -hmm. I think all of that is just challenging, you know, getting to know each other, you know, and on her end also as a step parent, I'm just imagining that she's come with her own idea, you know, of how she believes family should be. But here is a here is a family that's that's already started, that is already existing, and she needs to fit in, in as much as we also need to fit in to her. And to be honest, in light of the fact that I lost my mom, it's 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 really challenging for me because of that expectation that she should take the place of my mom, which will, will honestly not happen. And it's been really difficult. I mean, there's some, you know, some things I can't get into here, but it's been really, <clears throat> it's been really challenging. I'm sure there are other people who can relate to what I'm saying. It's, Sometimes you just feel a certain way, like you feel you you still feel that void is missing. 
and it's not easy to start to love that person to start to like that person you have to be intentional you have to try somehow to say okay this person is part of me now whether i like it or not and acknowledge them and all of that so yeah um i hope that i have answered that question mm-hmm. to the best of to the best of my knowledge i think i have answered i think okay. the, there are many others but expectations i think are on, uh, are at the at the the highest mm-hmm. for me yeah okay what mm-hmm. um so, so i don't have a stepfather mm. my mom has not remarried even though a part of me wishes she would mm-hmm. i hope she hears this <laughs> um yeah so of course, I'm at the point where I'm grown now and I know what it means to desire someone. And I believe that God has placed that desire in everyone. But whether we like it or not, we know that it's a lot harder for women to move on with their lives, you know, with children and all of that. That being said, my mom is a stepmother because I have a half-brother. My dad actually had a son mm. before the marriage and he's way older. So I can speak of the challenges that have happened um, since my father's passing. Um, yeah, and just relating with him and all of that. So growing up, you know, when you... When you're someone's step parent, again, just like Manak said, their expectations, you're hoping that this person is loving you with the same intensity that you're loving them. It doesn't always happen. Mm-hmm. Um, the child also has their expectations. They're also dealing with their own stuff, with adjusting and acceptance and all of that. So it's really hard both ways. Just remember to extend mercy. I always have to encourage my mom and say, you know, do what you can and what you should. It's what Jesus would want. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we want people to reciprocate in the way we are given. You know, like if I'm putting in 50%, give, return the 50%. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we don't realize that the seeds we're sowing, we don't always reap where we're sowing. You know, you may reap it in other ways but you know as human beings sometimes we calculate too much how we want things to happen that we miss out on the on the little things so if for example if if i have a stepfather and i'm comparing him constantly to my father i don't give him the opportunity to be himself to truly love me to the best of his ability you know, to be who he's supposed to be. He's not there to fill up a void. And that's the thing. When you don't come to the understanding that no one can fill, everyone's place in your life is different. If you trade the position of, again, your husband or wife for the place of God in your life, you would live a life of constantly being being unsatisfied. Mm-hmm. You know, so everyone's position in your life is different. I can't expect that my mom would be with someone else 
and then you know that person would be my dad that's that's even an unfair expectation if you think about it very well you know so expectations 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 we need to keep reminding ourselves these people are not there to fill up a void only jesus can fill up any void in our lives really but allowing people to be themselves and appreciating what people bring to our table is very important um yeah i think that's the little i would say um it's my experience so far yeah thank you yeah. all right uh before we pray do more that you feel burdened to say or you're being reminded of from scripture or from your own experience that you'd want to share to someone out there going through this season Um, okay, so I would just share a scripture. Mm. It's Psalms 27 verse 10. And it's a scripture that I always used to remind myself. I think David was speaking to himself and he said, even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Mm-hmm. So, just remind yourself every time you feel neglected, abandoned, rejected, forsaken, heartbroken, whatever it is, David didn't have anyone. I always think about his story and how that um, the prophet came to his family house and asked his father to call all the sons, all his children, he was so neglected that his father forgot to mention his name. Mm-hmm. How can your own father forget to mention you amongst his children? Who does that? Mm-hmm. You know, but he came to the point where he said, even if this happens, the Lord will hold me close. I just want everyone and anyone who is listening now to know, to know that God is going to hold you close in that moment. And I pray that for everyone who is in a moment where things just don't make any sense, that they realize that God is there and that I pray that they feel his arms wrapping them. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Thank you. Um, Mm. Okay. Um, I just wanted to say something that I saw online. Mm-hmm. And these are one of the sort of results of grief, right? Mm-hmm. I saw this online and I just thought to mention it so that for someone who is listening and this is going on, like this is happening, you know that according to, because the research comes from statistics, right? It's data mm-hmm. that has been checked. You're not the only one who has experienced this or is experiencing this in grief. Mm-hmm. And like we have advised, the best solution to any of these things that we've been mentioned is Jesus. That's the only answer. That's the only solution. And like Pauline said, he's the only one that can fill that void. Mm-hmm. He can be all of those things to you. He can be your mother, your father, your friend, your grandparent, your cousin, whoever it was that meant so much to you. He could be all of those things. He would and he would fill it up 
perfectly like perfectly perfectly so let me just mention those things the first one is extreme hopelessness insomnia insomnia suicidal thoughts persistent feeling of worthlessness and this one mental and physical sluggishness so these are some of the things that come as a result of grief and if you're going through any of these things um just know that it's not just if you're not the only one experiencing or has experienced or is experiencing it if you need to speak to a counselor like people like Pauline go ahead and speak to them but ultimately still god will be the only solution to completely heal you from all of these things mm. and know that jesus loves you and he truly cares yeah. all right thank you um i will pray and then i will open it up to you because both of you are ministering and uh, perhaps you are feeling burdened to also minister through intercession i will leave it also to you if you want to pray you can pray after this so i'm going to pray two prayers actually reading them um from a book by a brother called Douglas Mark Kelvin he is gifted in intercession and he writes prayers for he writes liturgies for many things in life for many occurrences in life including grief and sorrow so I'm going to read two prayers been impactful to me and I pray that it will be impactful to you also so let's pray do not be distant oh lord lest i find this burden of loss too heavy and shrink from the necessary experience of my grief do not be distant oh lord lest i become so mad in yesterday's hearts that i miss entirely the living gifts this day might hold let me neither ignore my pain pretending all is okay when it isn't nor coddle and magnify my pain so that i dull my capacity to experience all that remains good in this life for joy that denies sorrow is neither hard one nor true nor eternal it is not real joy at all and sorrow that refuses to make space for the return of joy and hope in the end becomes nothing more than a temple for the worship of my own woundedness so give me strength oh god to feel this grief deeply never to hide my heart from it and give me also hope enough to remain open to surprising encounters with joy as one on a woodland path might stumble suddenly into dumplings of golden light amidst the pain that leads these days give me courage oh lord courage to live them fully to love and allow myself to be loved to remember grieve and honor what was to live with thanksgiving in what is and invest in the hope of what will be be at work gilding these long heartbreaks with the advent of new joys good friendships true fellowships and expected delights remind me again and again of your goodness your presence your promises for this is who we are 
are people of the promise, are people shaped in the image of God, whose very being no joy in the universe, yet who also weeps and grieves in its brokenness. So we, your children, are also at liberty to lament our losses, even as we simultaneously rejoice in the hope of their coming restoration. Let me learn how, Lord, to do this as naturally as the inhale and exhale of a single breath, to breathe out sorrow, to breathe in joy, to breathe in hope, to breathe out pain, to breathe in comfort, to breathe out sorrow, to breathe in joy. In one hand, I grasp the burden of my grief, while with the other, I reach for the hope of grief's redemption. And here, between the tension of the two, between what was and what will be, in the very ease of now, let my heart be surprised, shaped by, warmed by, remade by the same joy that forever wells within and radiates from your heart, O oh God. Would you want to say hi to us or comment about this podcast? or even send a prayer request that we may stand with you in prayer. Reach out to us through the email wemaisaac 776 at gmail.com That is M-W-E-M-A-I-S-A-A-C 776 at gmail.com